It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. We have uh, gone down. The episode is turning 27, which means it needs to stop uh, banging hood rats and, you know, go find a respectable girl. You can't be the creepy guy at 30 hanging around in the bar. Uh, but uh, we are glad to be back. We've had a little bit of a layoff. I blame myself mostly because, believe it or not, I never thought I'd say this. I'm moving to New Jersey, and that's a scary, scary thought in my head. Uh, although I will be uh, closer to, uh, you know, Brandon Lee Gowton by 10 more minutes. And uh, he is sitting to my left, the editor-in-chief of BleedingGreenNation.com. Brandon Lee Gowton, what's going on, bud? Hey, guys. How's it going? It's been a while. Yes. Mike K. Uh, driving in the Phoenix Sun one more time. What's going on, sir? Oh, it's super hot, but I'm really glad to be here. <laughs> and, of course, from 97.5 The Fanatic, Mr. James Zeltzer. What's happening, bud? I will never, ever, ever move to New Jersey. <laughs> Uh, I think uh, the man who will be in agreement with you is to my right, the professor of all things the NFL, Mr. Patrick Wall. What's happening, my friend? You're moving to Jersey, and I still refuse to talk to you. Uh-huh. See? You see how this goes? Excellent. Well, uh, you know, it's been uh, – everybody's getting hyped for the draft, um, but uh, this <laughs> this little ditty that came out yesterday that uh, obviously has been being talked about and uh, BLG making a uh, hilarious parody article – uh, of it, uh, I can't actually, I forget how to pronounce this guy's left name, uh, Jeffrey uh, Chidea, is that what it is? Correct, yes. correct. Mr. Jeffrey Chidea writing a scathing Chip Kelly article uh, stating basically that this was uh, the Sean Jackson, total ego move, he rules with an iron fist. Could he be any more off, my friend? Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he is pretty off based on that one, I would say. Uh it's funny because someone brought up an old article that he wrote about Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll uh, a couple years ago, I guess when the Seahawks started 0-2. I don't remember what year it was, but it was a while ago. And it's it's just so funny. He writes, you know, oh, Pete Carroll is going to fail in the NFL. And uh, Pete Carroll's demeanor and coaching style make him a much better fit for the college ranks. So, I mean, you're reading this and you're almost thinking he basically just rewrote the column he wrote about Pete Carroll, who, you know, I think he's done a pretty okay job. You know, I think the Seahawks won the Super Bowl last year. 
you know, I think that's a pretty okay kind of thing to do. So, yeah, I, I'd say Peter Carroll's doing all right. I think uh, Chip Kelly's headed in the right direction, too. I don't think, you know, Ego had to do with getting rid of Deshaun. I know we're all probably tired of talking about Deshaun Jackson, but, you know, we're just never going to stop talking about it. And... Well, yeah, and that, that, but the, it's not even about Deshaun for me because that's a to, it's a total right. chip thing. Like, I, I, I don't understand the – I thought we were done with the go-back-to-college – crap but it nope. keeps it keeps popping up now like the the thing I, that i have realized is a bunch of eagles fans a bunch of media people consider this uh, a step backwards to where we're going i'm i'm not hearing any predictions on i'm hearing less than playoffs next year due to one player i'm hearing 7 and 9 oh it's we're not going to the we're not contenders for the super bowl uh, anyway, so you know, let's let's just see what the draft class does. But <laughs> nobody thought they'd be where they were last year, so maybe that's a that's a thing looking forward there, Mike. What do you think? Well, I mean, I, I don't know who this guy is personally. He didn't exist in my life narrative until Brandon wrote an awesomely funny article today. So, uh, I mean, I don't really think the guy has credibility if he's just coming out and say, just because you work for ESPN doesn't mean you know what you're talking about. And I think Merrill Hodge proves that on like a weekly basis. But <laughs> yeah, no, I don't I don't think this is an ego move at all. If anything, it's trusting your team and knowing that, well, you know, you turn Nick Foles into Joe Montana and made LaShawn McCoy the best running back in the league, bar none. I, I don't really think that he's that worried about uh, you know, Deshaun leaving. Okay, maybe there's some hubris there. That's fine. But he trusts his roster. He trusts his general manager. He trusts his scouts that feel like they can upgrade in the draft. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Teams do that on a, on a yearly basis. I'm not really sure why Chip Kelly's out of line because he cut Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, James, he actually mentions in the article that he should Chip should have coddled, you coddle players like Deshaun Jackson to you know, make them benefit for you. Do you agree with that at all? Absolutely not. I mean, I understand the idea of managing personalities. That's clearly something that a head coach in really any sport has to do. It's actually a large part of being a head coach or a manager. Uh, but, you know, there's a big difference between managing personalities and, and coddling someone, uh, you know, and also, I mean, just the idea that Chip's ego is too big. I mean, what NFL coach doesn't have a big ego? I'm sorry you don't get to that spot without being confident, without having a big ego, without believing in yourself. So, you know, I, I just I, I found the article to be uh, it just was silly to me. I, I didn't really know what what the point of the article was like. Clearly, Chip has an ego. Most NFL coaches have an ego whatever, you know, Deshaun clearly just didn't fit in with the culture in the locker room. And I, I think that Chip has earned the right to create whatever locker room culture he wants to create. And yes, you know, a lot of people are upset that Deshaun is gone. And I think we've all voiced our feelings that, you know, hopefully this is the right move. We're not sure. But to say that that he should have been coddled and it's an ego thing, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, and there are a couple of things he said on the radio today, too. He was bouncing around from uh, kind of like station to station here. Uh, oh, yeah, no, Chip had a lot of talented players that made him look smart, but that doesn't last long in the NFL. Uh, Patrick, uh, do you think that um, – well, what else do you see? Oh, yeah, for all, all the successes last year – They've only played one playoff team, and they didn't have their starting quarterback, and he was referring to Green Bay. So, Patrick, does this make the Eagles more in trouble now that they have a more tough, tougher schedule coming up this year? You play the games that are on your schedule, 
I mean, we don't get less, we don't get fewer wins because we didn't play Aaron Rodgers. The Eagles, we always knew going into the season, as soon as we saw the teams that we were playing, we knew it was going to be, in theory, at least tougher sledding than last year. But I think you can also make the argument that the Eagles were legitimately one of the best teams in the NFC and maybe not, maybe even the uh, the entire NFL last season. I don't think, I don't think you can, I think that's a cop out to say, well, the schedule. So hopefully if, you know, if, if I'm wrong about this, I can blame it on the schedule. It's, it's a total cop out. I think one of the things that's interesting too, uh, Brandon had pointed out that the Pete Carroll article was written after, I think he said the Seahawks went 0-2 to start uh, whatever season that was. We haven't even hit the draft yet. Yeah, this, yeah. The jackpocalypse happened like days ago, relatively speaking. I mean, we we have no idea what the opening day roster of this team is going to look like, let alone what we're going to be looking like, hopefully going into a playoff run at the end of the season. I mean, it's I understand he's doing it for clicks. He's doing it so he can go around the radio. But if you want to be legit, if you want to be, you know, smart about this, you can't even you can't look at the roster right now. There's no there's nothing to look at. This whole thing is just uh, face palm city. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't want to say that you can't have a different opinion. I'm not saying that you're, you know, you, you you can be not so sure about Chip Kelly. You can be not so sure about the decision-making. That's fine. But just like Patrick said, wait till the draft, wait till uh, there's an 0-5 start, then write that article. Then be like, well, you know what? Maybe this wasn't the best move overall. And hell, maybe it's not. Maybe we're all blinded by Kool-Aid. Maybe we're all just a bunch of homers. We don't know what we're talking about, although I doubt that very much. Uh, they, uh, I, I, I just think that, there's Chip is too logical and too smart of a person to do this because he said so, and I can win with anything. And the the thing that bothered me the most was that you made some sort of weird comparison to Greg Schiano in there. And if you couldn't describe two different coaches on the planet, uh, he, he did that there. So uh, I don't want to make the whole show about this, obviously, because I'm also stuttering through it like an idiot. So uh, let's get into the more important things. And we were just talking about the draft. There's been a lot of names that have been linked to the Eagles. Uh, a, a lot of different wide receivers. Now you're starting to see the pass rushers that are coming in for free workouts and stuff. Mike K., what do we make of all this? What are the Eagles going to do? And uh, can you separate the smoke screen and, and peek in and see what's going on? Well, I think the Eagles are at a point right now where the pass rushing situation, they do need to upgrade it. But when you look at the draft itself, there's not a lot of talented pass rushers. I mean, at least from a 3-4 outside linebacker perspective. So what they're doing is they're checking in on four three DNs and five techs, uh, three four DNs, and and having them stand up and having them work out as three four outside linebackers, testing them in space, testing to see how they their hips move in coverage, to see their change of direction. Because you know if they can find a guy like Will Clark who is outrageously athletic but probably built more for a four three DN position and turn him into a 3-4 outside linebacker, they might value him a lot more than another team. And if he falls to, let's say, the third or fourth round, they could snatch him up. And that's potentially a starter for the next four or five years, maybe even further. So I think what they're doing is they're they're having guys like Scott Crichton from Oregon State, who on tape to me looks like a prototypical 4-3 DN, and they're having him move in space. They've asked Virginia Tech's uh, James Gale to, to – to, stand up and test out his outside linebacker ability. There's obviously uh, Jeremiah Adeacho at 
the senior bowl and Marcus Smith, and they tested them out to see how they played at outside linebacker. I think they're covering all their bases. They don't want to miss out on a pass rusher just because on safety the 4-3-D end, which I think is a really good uh, way of handling the situation, considering once Khalil Mack and uh, uh, Clowney are off the board, uh, you need to have a solution. You can't just sit there and be like, oh, okay, we want to address pass rusher for the for this this draft or this season. So I think I think they're doing their due diligence, and that's the way to handle a draft like this, where you're probably going to get a rotational outside linebacker who just comes in on obvious passing downs because the the talent pool isn't used to coverage. So if you're going to do that, you might as well take a shot at a really talented player that you think you can mold. And speaking of really talented players, we did have a little uh, Twitter discussion going uh, the other night. Mike was taking some questions. Uh, James and I and Patrick, everybody chimed in on it. Teddy Bridgewater's hanging out there at 22, James. Let's just let's just say that's what's going to happen because there's for whatever reason they said there's going to be a lot of quarterback drops. And what if the Eagles have a chance to take Teddy Bridgewater around that mark? What are you doing in that instance? Uh, honestly, I mean, I, I get it. I wouldn't mind if they took Teddy Bridgewater. It wouldn't be the, the worst thing ever in my mind. But personally, if I'm in that spot, I am on the phones like a maniac. I am trying to trade back out of that pick, get some sort of value for the fact that Bridgewater is still on the board. Because uh, ultimately, I think outside linebacker, I think wide receiver, I think safety. I think, you know, they're just – too many positions of need on this team that if this really is a team that wants to make a run, you know, I, I think it's more important that they fill those positions first. But, you know, having said that, if they took Teddy Bridgewater, I'm not going to freak out. I'm not going to be upset because I, I do like Bridgewater and I think at 22, it is a value. Patrick, uh, I, I don't know. I've gone back and forth on it a couple of times. There would have to, for Teddy Bridgewater, here's where I come out for Teddy Bridgewater to fall to that level. That means most of the guys that I like and we like probably are gone as well. So what what real value could you get out of Teddy Bridgewater at 22? Depends on who didn't take a quarterback. I mean, I guess you're thinking if Teddy falls, then I'm guessing Manziel is probably already gone. Right, everybody Maybe else Borges is going to gone. Too. Yeah. Right, so if if we're just talking Teddy, if – you know, if Manzella saw on the board too, I think that actually might help your draft, your uh, your trade value. But if we're talking just Teddy at twenty two, you know, that's a good question. That's a really that's a really good point that you just made. Um, you know, I, you hope that a team like Cleveland panics into needing a quarterback like they seem to do every three years. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is it would be maybe the third time they've done that since uh, since Brady Quinn. So that would be nice. I don't know. I think. I think you you sort of have to try to pounce on a heat of the moment type deal, where you hope you can fleece a team with a with a GM on the hot seat or something like that. But yeah, I mean the Eagles obviously want to move back, so you you kind of hope that you can get something. I mean, it, yeah, it's that's why we love the draft, isn't it? I, I wish I had a better answer for you. <laughs> why the hell did they bring it back to me? Uh, uh. It's, uh, yeah, BLG. I mean. Uh, I don't know. Let's just say, let's say the only the the best wide receiver on there is Kelvin Benjamin and it's Teddy Bridgewater. Marquise Lee, all those guys, they're all gone. What do you do? Well, I think you have to give credit to James for what he was saying about trading back and all that. But if I have to take, well, can I trade back or do I still have to take? No, you can't. I'm just saying like, what do you do? You trade like where I'm just trying to assess if Teddy does fall that far 
<laughs> I don't know what value would be there, to be honest with you. I know people are saying, well, why not just trade back and ask for a two and a three? Somebody would give it to you with that kind of talent. But if they're passing on him, if the, he's dropping to 22, I think he's probably dropping into day two. I think the Bowler, I think he's going to be the new Geno Smith of this year if, if that ends up happening. Well, first of all, I don't think Teddy is going to fall that far. I don't think he's going to be this year's Geno Smith. So, I mean, this is fun to talk about. Yeah, no, I don't I'm just it's saying it's the wheel but, of hypothetical. Yeah, 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 I know, but um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, obviously you're gonna you're gonna field offers at that point. But I mean, I'm never gonna be surprised when there's an offensive player on the board, and even if it's quarterback or whatever, and Chip Kelly takes him because it's again, it's Chip Kelly. I mean, that he's never gonna look at his offense and say, "All right, we're we're good. We don't need any more." I just I never see that happening. So I think you. Not even if it's just you know Bridgewater, but if there's a quarterback he likes there, he's going to take him. It doesn't. It's it's not a reflection of the other quarterbacks on the roster. It's just a matter that Chip Kelly has said multiple times. You know, it's a two quarterback league. He doesn't want just one quarterback who starts like Foles. And I mean, so what if he goes down? Last year the Eagles had to use all three quarterbacks. They had to use Barkley at one point, and you know that kind of made the season difficult. Because, you know, there was that rut where Foles was playing terribly and Barkley had to play in the middle of the season against the Giants. And that was just terrible, you know. And if if that continued, the Eagles would have just had a dreadful season. And that's not something, you know, Chip can risk. So if you have a player like that on the board, yeah, I mean, trading down is ideal if you can get the right value there. But, you know, you have to really think hard. I I don't think they would pass on a a guy like that. And I don't think they would take a guy uh, like Benjamin over a guy like that. Mike K, 22, Teddy Bridgewater, couple of know-nothings, and all the guys you like offensively and defensively you can get in the second round. What do you do? Well, it's tough because, you know, I actually have Teddy first on first of my quarterbacks. He is the best quarterback in this draft, in my opinion. So you're looking at that, but then I also look at Chip's always win now, and I agree with Brandon. He wouldn't pass on a talent like that, but you've got a team at 26, who might have already passed on a quarterback, and it's the Cleveland Browns. So if the Cleveland Browns decide to draft Khalil Mack or they just decided to take Sammy Watkins or somebody like that, and let's say Manziel goes to Minnesota and Bortles goes to Oakland or or uh, Houston because the Houston Texans are doomed to fail if they do that, um, let's say they do that. And then you've got Cleveland who's like, wow, we got Khalil Mack or we got Sammy Watkins. We could really win this draft by trading up four spots and just throwing in a third round pick for, for the, you know, to the Eagles. I mean, I, I think that that would work. I think Hallie would take that. That's an extra third round pick and a super deep draft when you do have needs, like James said. Um, and I think that would be enough. I mean, if you look at the Vikings passing, they have pick 40. If they traded down, they'd have to give you at least a third round pick and maybe a fifth. But for a franchise quarterback, you're going to do that. And Howie's very good at getting leverage and, and and working the draft trades very well. So I have faith in him. I think Howie would be the type of guy that would want to trade back. It'd be convincing Chip is the key because I agree with Brandon. This is, I mean, he's never going to be content with the roster, especially his offense. So, I mean, I, I could see them liking Teddy, and I, I would applaud him if they took him. But I think trading back is probably the best bet for the franchise moving forward if you want to win now. Uh, yeah, all right, and taking that scenario off the board, and I, you know, I agree with everybody's got the, you know, thinking the right way. I don't know if we're all right or correct anything. Patrick, who do you want in this draft? Now that we've had time to kind of soak over things, there's been a ton of wide receiver links for obvious reasons, but 
who do you really want in this first round? I want somebody who's going to make the offense better. I think this is something we've talked about in the past at least once. The teams that win and they win consistently do something better than the other teams. Seattle runs the ball real, real well, and they play defense pretty well too. I think if you got a receiver like a Cooks or a Marquise Lee or even like an Odell Beckham, somebody like that, who you can plug into this offense, doesn't need to play a ton right away, but can give you an extra dimension. That more than like the eighth best linebacker in the draft is what I'm looking at. Um, I want to make this offense as good as it can possibly be. And then, you know, go BPA on defensive players after that. But give me a, give me somebody fast. Give me somebody with hands. Give me somebody handsy. And, uh, and I'm happy. James, I know we're always clamoring for the safety. Uh, I think this is, the uh, the first time where I really don't I really don't care if they draft to safety. In fact, if they draft to safety in the first round, I'll be I'll be upset. Um, I want uh, I don't know I still don't know what I want. But uh, James, where are you looking right now? I, every indication that I feel is that the Eagles are going to jump up somehow, even though that's almost impossible with six picks. But wh- wh- what would you see going on here? Yeah, I would love to jump up too. I mean, you know, if you want to get a receiver, I think, you know, Mike Evans is, is such a monster. And I think that Chip is enamored with him. But I think with six picks and not really a ton of assets to move, I, I just don't see them moving up. Um, and as far as the safeties go, I think Haha Clinton Dix is going to be off the board. Uh, I, you know, I like Calvin Pryor. He's a big hitter. He's a physical safety, you know, the kind of guy, and obviously no one's Dawkins, but, you know, in that mold uh, as far as it goes. But, you know, personally, I, I would be very happy with a Lee, with a Beckham, uh, with a Cooks, any of those types of guys. I agree with Patrick. I want to see this offense become even more dynamic than it already is. But don't be surprised if Calvin Pryor is the pick at 22. Brandon, uh, am I, is there is there any way possible that the, they could surprise us and do something that we're not expecting at all uh, come draft day? You know, I've been thinking about that. I've been thinking, I'm like, you know, this offseason just seems like a little too bland. I mean, they made some, <laughs> some uh, you know, they signed Jenkins. That was one of their bigger moves. That, you know, that doesn't get anyone too excited. Sproles was a really good trade, I thought. And that's the kind of move that kind of gets people a little excited. But then again, you know, he's 31. Now, maybe the draft is where they, they do something big. And, you know, I really don't have an idea of what that would be. Uh, we just talked about trading up. I don't know if that's really in the plans. Uh, if they do stay at 22, two guys I'm looking at are Marquise Lee. You know, that's obviously a name that's been thrown around a lot. The Eagles are having him in for a visit soon. They also met with him at the Combine. Uh, Chip Kelly loves Marquise Lee. He once called him, uh, what did he call him? He called him, this is a quote from Chip Kelly. He may be the best receiver I've ever had the opportunity to to coach against. He's impressive on film, but even more impressive in person. And Lee had... 20 receptions for 344 yards and three touchdowns in just two games against Chip Kelly. And we know how much Chip values guys that perform well against him. We saw it last year. He drafted Zach Ertz, drafted Matt Barkley, Jordan Poyer. Uh, so, I mean, he's a guy that you have to consider there. But then again, you know, I look at wide receiver and I'm like, are they really going to take one in the first? Because it's it's supposed to be such a deep class. You have guys in later rounds who are going to be there. And then again, going back on the flip side of that, what if a run on wide receiver happens and, you know, guys are flying off the board 
You know, you, you, you can't pass up your guy hoping, you know, there's going to be one later at the same time. And as for defense, because I know a lot of people are thinking, you know, the Eagles should go defense heavily in the draft. When you look at a cornerback like Kyle Fuller, and he's a guy who I took in uh, the SB Nation NFL writers mock draft we did last week. And, you know, you look at him, and I think he's a guy that fits what the Eagles want out of their cornerbacks on defense. And really, they don't have anything at corner, uh, especially moving forward. I mean, they have Boykin in the slot. But, you know, you look at Fletcher, you look at Carroll, you look at Carey. I mean, ideally, those guys are probably number two starters at best. And I don't think Carey is going to be around next year. You know, who knows about uh, Carroll and Fletcher? We'll see. So Lee and uh, Fuller are the guys I'm looking at. And you're right, John. You said it earlier. There's there's no one that you're kind of just enamored with there at 22 yet. You know, I think Cooks is a good name, but I don't think he's going to be there. You know, it's going to be interesting. I think there could be a surprise in the draft. Yeah, and uh, if we end up with Marquise Lee, I'm actually kind of happy about that. I think, he again, the, he's a victim to the, you know, well, he's injured and there's probably better wide receivers. And there is. There is better wide receivers than Marquise Lee, but it doesn't mean he sucks. Um, and Mike K, I know you got to, we're all got to wrap things up here, but here's a, a proposal and on it, it's probably very unlikely to happen, but would you be okay with this first and a next year's first, if it moved you up into the Mike Evans range? Yeah. Would but it, with that said, now with that said, is it just a first and, and, and a future first? I mean, yeah, it's unlikely to happen. What? Let's make it a little more realistic. Let's say you got to do that and add this year's second on. Are you doing it? Well, here's the issue with that. You know, I, I'm obviously in the Nick Foles camp. I think a lot of us appreciate his his uh, his ability. But what if he turns into Andy Dalton, and you're not sure if you want to resign him, but you really want to draft Mariota next year or another quarterback you think can really come in? If that first render's gone. You don't have that choice. That choice has been taken out of your hands. Like the Redskins. So, yeah. Like the Redskins, exactly. So your, your choice is, is basically out of your hands. I feel like, you know, every year there's more underclassmen that come out, so we praise the hell out of it. Like, this is genuinely the best draft I've seen in, in nine years of covering the draft uh, for, for papers, for websites, for whatever. And, I mean, I don't think next year's is going to be as good, but you also got to remember there are quarterbacks that stayed. Maybe Hunley develops into a really good quarterback from UCLA. Maybe Mariota takes the next step, and he's the first overall pick, guaranteed, whatever. Your choice comes out of your hands if you're dealing next year's pick. I have no problem giving next year's second and maybe this year's second and a first, but that won't get you in that range. Uh, Mike Evans is a great player, uh, great prospect, I should say, but really is it worth doing that when you can draft a kid like, uh, like Kyle Fuller and then wait till the next round and get a guy like Allen Robinson, who will be probably an effective starter for the next 10 years. So you've got to look at it in terms of value. Oh, and by the way, if the Eagles go eight and eight and Nick Foles has a line like 25 and 15 and you don't feel like he's good enough. Hey, you still got that first round pick. Hey, Brett Hundley, you're perfect for the Eagles offense. At least we think on paper. We can select you. So that's what I think we have to focus on when we're talking about future picks. You never want to put yourself in that position until Nick Foles signs that extension. James Elster, final thoughts on it. Yeah, I, 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 going back to that Mike Evans thing, I agree. I, I actually would be okay giving up the first uh, next year for Mike Evans. I, I think that he's just 
a monster and the kind of guy who you really want to bring into this type of offense who I think Chip could do special things with. Especially, look, if you believe in this team, if you believe in Nick Foles, if you believe in Chip Kelly, you know, you have to be willing to kind of make moves to to move forward, and that's the kind of move that could really bring you forward. But at the same time, like Mike said, it's a super deep draft. I think that kind of anything they do, even if they say at 22, there's a really good chance they're going to get a, a significant player who can make a, a le- legitimate impact in the league as long as they take the right guy. So, you know, I, I would love them to have more picks. I would love them to be able to move up, but – Ultimately, I think that whoever we end up with at 22, there's a good chance that we'll all end up being pretty happy with it. To sort of piggyback on what James was saying there, when the Eagles hired Chip Kelly, it was a bold move. Everything they've done since then has sort of reaffirmed this notion that in Chip we trust, he was hired to bring his vision to Philadelphia. He's doing that. He's going to make some bold moves. He's going to make some controversial moves. Um, But whatever happens is done with an endpoint in mind. So with that said, um, you know, I'm excited for the draft. I don't know what's going to happen, but that's sort of half the excitement. And that unfortunately has to hold us over for the next two weeks. <laughs> uh, wait, no, it's more than that. Isn't it? God? Three weeks. Three weeks. It's three like weeks. A, you ruined it. Three days, God. three days. Sorry for the collective blue balls, bleeding green nation. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully, uh, hopefully we, we come out of the draft excited. I have a good feeling that we will. Um, but again, in chip we trust, y'all. Three quick thring, things, rather, uh, that we didn't touch on, but I want to touch on real quickly. One, Patrick Chung is gone since we've last recorded, so I'm sure everyone's happy about that. And that's actually a good thing because if he saw, if he makes the Patriots' uh, final 53 roster, the Eagles actually save a million dollars. Not that they need it, but just a little cool little thing. Two, uh, the Eagles tried to trade for Dion Jordan. Oh, shit. Apparently, we already knew yeah. that. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen, but I think it's interesting to note. And three, Jason Avant signed with the Carolina Panthers. So, you know, good luck to him. Uh, obviously, he was in decline last season, and I thought it was time for him to go. I think we all thought that. But, you know, no no hard feelings there. You know, best wishes to Avant in Carolina. Not sure that uh, he really makes sense for them, considering they really have nothing at wide receiver. Afford, but, I <laughs> but I, you know, I hope, yeah, I hope he, you know, I hope he does well for them. And that's it. Uh, also, uh, they also tried to trade for C.J. Spiller before uh, Darren Sproles, which I thought would have been an amazing backfield if that went down. And now that crushes my dreams. Mike, gay final thoughts? Uh, I think what we really need to remember and, you know, uh, to continue basically my diatribe from earlier, let's remember 22 is power. 22 gives you the ability to trade back into the second round and acquire picks. We talked about it. They only have six picks. If they really want to move, at 22 is the golden ticket. So if they move back to 40 with the Vikings, or they move back to even 26 and pick up some more picks, we got to keep in mind that when we're talking about trading up, that's all fun and dandy, but that's going to cost you picks. We want to gain picks. Uh, you know, if you think about the Mike Evans thing, you're giving up potentially three starters for one. Now, he could be a great starter, but giving up those three picks, it's like, whoa, come on, bro. Come on, bro. So uh, I think that's something we need to keep in mind. We're talking about rumors and we're talking, we're debating over, hey, do you think this is an effective approach? Uh, and that's all I got. Uh, I'm not a GM. None of us are GMs. I I want fireworks. I don't care how they go. If we trade back in, <laughs> in the first round or out of it, 
I don't know. I I I think uh, I think you're missing a golden opportunity to take some premier players that would help your offense. That's uh, granted they caused that hold in the first place, but uh, you know it's it's not my money. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we thank you for listening to BGN Radio number twenty seven, and we will hopefully. I'll be doing some more often as we get towards the draft. Good night, everybody. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com.